Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Hey, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to go back to the Old Testament to a book called Habakkuk as our key passage of Scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2, and uh, we will get to that in just a minute. Uh, great to have NAS students starting to trickle back in. Yeah. Hey, guys. There's a couple. There's a bunch. Over here is the tennis team for the NAS, right? You guys stand up a second. Yeah, go ahead, stand. There you go. Oh, the guys and guys and gals tennis team, both of them, you may be seated. I try not to embarrass people when they come here, but there you go. Good to have you all with us. Um, this is fun, isn't it? Yeah. I got my hype woman back. <laughs> hey, I got to get rolling. We have another service after this. I, over the summer, I was able to get a little windy, but now I've got to stay on topic. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, <clears throat> if, if you could choose one word as a goal to achieve in life, if you could choose one word that would represent you. I mean, if there was just one word written on your tombstone that you said, I want that one word to represent me, what would you choose? Lots of people would choose one of these three words, successful, influential, or happy. Or if you wouldn't choose those one of those specific words, you would, a lot of people would choose something that ultimately leads back to one of those words as the root of whatever word you chose, okay? Um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve these goals. I, I want to be successful in life. They say that there are two rules for being successful in life. One is this, don't tell everything you know. I would go as far, <laughs> some of you will get that in a minute. Two rules in life, one, don't tell everything you know, and then I didn't say anything. Okay, <laughs> uh, but I, I, believe, I believe, you know, God wants us to be successful. I, I, I think that where it sometimes gets messed up is what our definition of success is. You know, what definition of success do you choose in life? I heard one many, 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 many years ago, and I adopted it as my own, and... I believe it wholeheartedly. The, 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 the definition of success that I personally use in my life is this. When those who know you best love and respect you the most. When those who know you best love and respect you the most. So when I'm lying on my deathbed, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not afraid of death. I, I mean, I don't want to be there when it happens, but I'm not afraid of death. 
Um, when I'm laying on my deathbed and I'm thinking, you know, did I succeed? Did I, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? I can assure you it's going to have nothing to do with money. It's going to have nothing to do with how many people came to the church. It's going to have nothing to do with popularity or any of these other things. I'm going to ask myself that question. Do the people standing around my bedside right now, do they love and respect me the most? And if the answer is yes, I consider myself successful. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think that's biblical. You know, I think that's within God's will. And, and God will help me do that. But if your definition of success involves money or power or popularity or whatever, that's not necessarily God's will for everyone. Now, God blesses people with those things sometimes, but it's not the core. Um, I believe God wants to help us to become successful, to be successful, if our definition of success is biblical. Being influential, some people would say, I want to be influential. Being influential is good, nothing, nothing wrong with that. In fact, I believe God calls us to be influential as ambassadors for the kingdom of God. I believe that God calls us to influence a cold, dead, dying, moldy world by being the salt by being the light. I believe that's part of our mission is to be influential. Influence is good. Um, or maybe, uh, maybe you don't care about success or influence, but you want to be happy. You know, happiness is your life goal. Um, happiness, you could look at that as being blessed. You could look at that as having a fulfilled life. I, you know, that's okay. Who doesn't want that? Uh, those are all good words, successful, influential, happy, but there's a word that I believe is more important than any of those because when we get to heaven, God is not going to say, well done, my good and successful servant. God is not going to say, well done, my good and influential servant. God is not going to say, well done, my good and happy servant. God is going to say, well done, my good and what? Faithful servant. And so if there's one goal that we should have ultimately, it's, it's to be faithful. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're looking mighty faithful today. Go ahead, everybody, just out loud. You're <clears throat> um, you never are accidentally consistently faithful uh, you 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 are not consistently faithful through life without intentionality and, and there's a reason because the trajectory of life is always toward those things that are easy those things that are convenient um, the trajectory of life is rarely to be faithful especially being faithful to God um, you know, doing 
being faithful, doing what's faithful comes at a cost. It's worth it, but it comes at a cost. <coughs> um, so to establish our tone for today, check out what Habakkuk said in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous, the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. The righteousness, the righteous will live by what? Their faithfulness to God. What do the proud do? The proud trust in their wisdom. The proud trust in their knowledge. The proud trust in their uh, their own righteousness, the proud trust in their own goodness, they, they trust in their bank account, they trust in their own abilities. But Habakkuk says the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Now, that raises a question. Um, how do we practically live out being faithful? You know, a lot of times when you hear a sermon preached, a lot of times in groups when we're talking about faithfulness or whatever, a lot of times it's kind of this pie in the sky, this glass cathedral kind of, you know, philosophical, we're talking about being faithful. But I'm the kind of guy that goes, well, well, how does that apply to me right here, right now, in real life in 2023 in Mount Vernon, Ohio? <clears throat> how do we live out being faithful? The typical response would be, well... Don't cheat on your spouse. Don't cheat on your taxes. The typical response would be, you know, try to be a good person. And, and those things are true. But when Jesus talked about faithfulness, he, he got pretty specific. And he always categorized faithfulness under one of a few areas in life. Whenever Jesus talked about being faithful, it always pointed back to one of a few areas in life. Um, he talked about faithfulness and how we treat other people. He talked about faithfulness in how we steward our resources. And he talked about faithfulness in terms of our obedience to God. How we treat other people, how we steward our resources and, and our obedience to God. That's everything that Jesus talked about when he was talking about faithfulness pointed back to one of those categories. And so uh, let me break that down and, and I realize that I could do a, multiple sermons on each one of these areas but we're just gonna hit them briefly this morning starting with um, viewing our interactions as an opportunity to add value to someone else's life, how, how we treat others around us. Jesus refers to that as an area of faithfulness. What does that mean? That means that every person you meet, you have the opportunity to be generous. You have the opportunity to encourage. You have the opportunity to add value to that person's life. Every, uh, every opportunity you have to connect with someone is an opportunity for you to show the love of God to that person. 
And to value someone, before you can add value to someone's life, you've got to see value in them. You've got to see potential in them. I, I think it was John Maxwell many years ago that said, every person that you talk to, every person that you come into contact with, just envision a 10 above their head. You know, like on a scale from 1 to 10, like, this person is important. This person is a 10. When you genu genuinely value someone, you'll find ways to be present with them. You'll find ways to believe in them. You'll find ways to encourage them. Um, but there is a struggle. The struggle to consistently adding value to the lives of those around us um, is because so often we're focused on ourselves. Okay, we're focused on ourselves. We, we don't say it out loud. But let me illustrate the point. Let me prove the point. When you're getting ready to go into Molly Woo's or to Skyline or to Pizza Hut or wherever you're going to eat with your buddies, right? You go, hey, let me, let me grab a picture and we snap a selfie. And so it's you and your two or three friends or your 15 friends or your team or whatever. When you pull that phone back and look at that picture, who is the very first person every time you look at? You, yourself, me. I look at me. Because if it's a great picture of me, it's a keeper. But if I'm blinking or if I'm looking the other way or if I didn't have a chance to suck my gut in or my hair's blowing to the side or whatever, what do you do? You, you hit delete. And you say, let's do it one more time. Here's the money shot. Chris is not here. She's in Cincinnati uh, babysitting our grandbaby uh, while Cody's out of town doing a wedding. So I can say this. Um, whenever we go out on, I don't know, a little date, like to a movie or out to eat or whatever, we'll go, hey, let's take a little selfie, you know, and I know that if I don't take at least five pictures really quickly, I'm wasting my time. Because the next step is I immediately hand the phone to her. She looks at it and either approves one of those pictures or, or goes, let's do it again. <laughs> I, I don't know how I look awesome in every picture. <clears throat> but it, but it, boils down to, and all of us do that, the person you look at first in that photo is you. Um, it, it's the same thing when we interact with people. You know, as you're talking to someone, um, too often we're not, and I'm, I'm so critical of, or so guilty of this, uh, what are you thinking about when you're talking to someone else? You're thinking about, do they like me? Did I say something stupid? Chances are yes. Should I not have said that? You know, and when you're walking away from that conversation, you're analyzing yourself. Did I embarrass myself? Did I do good? Did I do okay? You know, what if, what if when you talk to somebody, rather than worrying about how you look in their eyes, what if you really listened to what they said and you were in the moment with them and in that moment, you added value to their life. You decided to be a blessing to that person with whom you're interacting. And listen, this is not just some psychology lesson dressed up as a sermon. 
This is how Jesus talks about faithfulness to God, how we interact with others. Um, this is the practical side of faithfulness. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. <clears throat> so faithfulness means practically when you walk into a room, the climate improves in that room. Um, you're an encourager. You're a blessing to those who are in the room, who are around you. And, and, and on the occasion, you've got to speak the truth. You speak it in love with that person's best interest in mind. Uh, people walk away better from you because of their interaction with you. You add value to their lives. Practically speaking, this is how Jesus talked about faithfulness. You know, think about how Jesus... Uh, treated people. Some of you, if you grew up in church, you, you might know the story of the woman who was caught in adultery and the religious leaders drug her before Jesus. And, uh, and if, if you didn't grow up in church and not familiar with the story, it's a great, great, powerful story. But this is the very short version. So these religious leaders drag this woman before Jesus and say, we caught her in adultery and, you know, what are you going to do about it, Jesus? And, and what he didn't say to this woman was shame on you, you are a pathetic mess. No. He, the story goes, he knelt in the sand, he wrote something, and basically looked at the religious leaders and said, hey, whoever has no sin, cast the first stone. And they go, ooh. They drop their stones, and one by one, they turn around and walk away. And Jesus says, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. And he says, I don't accuse you either. Stop sinning. Live righteously. Go and sin no more. See, in that moment, Jesus, he could have legitimately beat her down and ruined her life, but he didn't. When Peter denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, what did Jesus say to Peter? Did Jesus look at Peter and go, you're canceled, Whatever that means. <clears throat> no, he said, he asked Peter, do you still love me? Peter said, yes. He said, go feed my sheep. Go, go do my will. Um, when my focus is on adding value to those around me, I don't need a hundred different rules that say don't murder, don't steal, don't rape, don't kill, don't lie, don't cheat. A heart filled with the love of God would never treat others that way. The, the bottom line is this. When the heart is right, then everything else can be right. But if there's anything wrong in the heart, this out here, you're going to struggle with this. Every interaction you have with somebody is a practical opportunity to show your faithfulness to God. That's how Jesus taught faithfulness. Um, we could go on, but let's... Talk about our resources. Very often when Jesus talked about faithfulness, he was wrapping it up in our resources. 
Every resource that God has blessed us with is an opportunity to multiply for God's glory. In fact, in Matthew chapter 25, there's a story, a parable about a man that went on a journey and he left all of his wealth with his servants. And to one of his servants, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags of gold. To another, he gave one bag of gold. And um, the first two went out and they, they, they put the gold to work. They, they stuck their neck out. They took risks. They wanted, the, they wanted when the master came back for them to be able to hand him back even more. And they invested it and they doubled what the master, and, and then check out what the master said in Matthew chapter five. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. In other words, you were a good steward of what I had given you. And you moved things forward for the kingdom of God. And you are faithful in that. In fact, the Greek word translated faithful is the word pistos and this word means it's a persons who show themselves faithful in the transactions of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties, which is people who are faithful. That could be in business, that could be in the military, that could be a homemaker, that could be someone at work, that could be students at school. Um, so one of the very practical sides of being faithful to God is being faithful with your time, talent, and treasure that he's blessed you with. You know, so if you have a clunker car, you have the cleanest clunker car on the block. If your yard's kind of, eh, just okay, you do your best to make it better. You, you know, you take care of your body. You know, that's faithfulness to God. Um, just because you're not on pastoral staff at a church does not mean you're a second-rate Christian. Um, it should be noted that for many Christians, God has called for the workplace or the classroom to be their primary field, mission field of faithfulness. Why? Because that's where they spend a big bulk of their time. That's why they're around people a lot. You know, let's look at how many of you would consider yourself businessmen or businesswomen? Let me, let me see your hands. You work in the business world. You, you, you raise them up high. First service had a few more. Okay. Let's use business people as an example. <clears throat> Being good in business is a God-honoring practice. Um, you create something that adds value to people's lives. You, you're a good leader. You lead with integrity. Um, you're creating jobs. You treat people well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, listen, you can be a missionary. You can be a kid life teacher, the pastor of a church. You can be on faculty staff at a Christian school or a university or whatever, and that honors God but you can also be a God-honoring business person as well. You can also be a God-honoring parent. You can also be a God-honoring teacher. You can also be a God-honoring student, and the list goes on. We manage what you give in such a way as a church, as New Life Church, that it allows us to lead in generosity to those who are around us. Um, 
if you give any money to New Life Church, listen to what some of it goes to. Christian higher education, district ministries like New Church Plants, general church ministries like Compassionate Ministries, retirement for pastors and missionaries, world missions, and then we support local nonprofits like the Escape Zone and Lazarus Life. And if you were here last Sunday, you heard about Joy of Living Camp. And, and we've just learned that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus says that's a very practical way of being faithful. But listen, listen to what the master says to the third guy. The third guy was afraid to mess anything up. The third guy was afraid to take any chances. Verses 24, 25, and 26. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Here's what you originally gave to me. It's been safe. I've protected it. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Um, here, here's what I want you to see in that story, to the ones who stuck their neck out, to the ones who took a risk, the ones who moved forward and multiplied what God had given them, he says, well done. You guys are faithful. Enjoy the happiness of your master. To the one who did nothing with his time, talent, or treasure and just protected it, not only is he referred to as lazy, but he's referred to as wicked. You wicked servant. Every resource, your time, talent, and treasure is an opportunity to multiply it for the glory of God. Um, there, there's a saying, I heard it just recently, some way, somehow. And I hope I get it right, because if I get it right, it is a really good statement. If I get it wrong, I don't know. And I realize that this statement could be really twisted as a sound bite in and of itself. But when I heard it, I said, you know what? That's exactly right. That's what I want to be as a pastor. The statement is this. I would rather regret the things I've done in life than the things I haven't done. Think about that for a moment. It, it seems backwards from what we would normally say. I would rather regret the things I've done in life than the things I haven't done in life. I want to live that way as a pastor. I can assure you I am living in that space right now. I want to be a person that takes risks for the glory of God. I want to be a person that sticks my neck out for kingdom purposes. I want to be a person that will step out even when I'm afraid. Because I'd rather regret the things I did in life than the things I didn't do. Well, let's go on. That got so many amens. That was impressive. That was good. <clears throat> so we've talked about to the practical areas that Jesus referred to faithfulness as. Let's, let's move on. Um, 
he, a third area was always, and I better check. Over the summer, man, I had time to get windy, but I don't now because we have another service coming. Faithfulness correlates with our obedience to God. It was in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Uh, it was an emotional farewell by the Apostle Paul to people he was with. He said, now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. He says, I don't know the details. I don't know what's happening, but I, I know that I'm being drawn. Faithfulness is correlated with my obedience to God. Here, some of you have probably heard this illustration before, but faithfulness or um, spiritual maturity, you, you could use those synonymously, but God asks me to do something or God asks me not to do something or God asks me to go here or go there to give that or to, you know, whatever it is God asks and then over here is my obedience. And if, if I go way down the line from this point of God asking me, and I'm thinking through it, and I'm rationalizing it, and I'm trying to connect dot A to dot B, and I'm trying to figure it all out, and I'm scared, and blah, 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 and my obedience isn't until down here, that's not being very faithful. But the closer my obedience gets to the point where God asked me to do something or not to do something, the more faithful I would be considered, the more spiritually mature I would be considered. Um, if, I, and I've said this for years, this is not just for the sermon, I've said it my entire life. If I had one key passage of scripture that was my life passage, it would be 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, which says this, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God, verse 2, and here it is, moreover it is required in stewards or us or followers of Christ that a man be found what? That a woman be found what? I've said it for years. I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. With this morning's sermon, I could add in, I'm not called to be influential. I'm called to be faithful. I'm not called to be happy, I'm called to be faithful. Obedience is our responsibility, the outcome is God's, and I am living there now as we talk about the days ahead for New Life Church. Obedience is our responsibility, the outcome is God's. This is faithfulness. So sometimes you'll see the reason God is wanting you to do something, and sometimes you won't, but it's all about faithfulness. I'm faithful to add value to others. I'm faithful to multiply and steward what God has given me, and I'm faithful to obey. Why? Back to our key passage, Habakkuk 2.4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by what? Their faithfulness to God. Let, let me close with this. If you were to ask me, in June of 2001, when I started pastoring what was then Evangelical Church of the Nazarene, now New Life, if you would have asked that group of people that were there, and some of you are still here today and you've graciously stuck with me, thank you. 
if, if someone would have said, can you see what God has for new life in the days to come? Can you see doing multiple services over at that little building on Newark Road? Can you see having the move to the high school auditorium for just under four years and then doing multiple services there? Can you see God providing this 84 lumber property for you and then having to go to multiple services here? Um, can you see God giving you the property next door, the storage unit property, because you're going to need it for parking space because of all the people that God's going to reach through the ministry of new life? If you would have asked me that in 2001, I would have said, you are on crack. Here's something someone needs to hear. Often we will overestimate what we can do in the short run. Often we will overestimate what we can do in the short run with our marriage, with our health, with our finances, whatever. We'll often overestimate what we do in the short run. And someone needs to hear this. But we will often underestimate what can happen in the long run in a life that is lived simply in faithfulness to God. And there may be someone here this morning that you're, 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 you're wrestling right now and just be faithful. There's someone here that would say, I don't feel very successful in this one. That's okay. You're not called to be successful. You're called to be faithful. There's someone here that would say, I'm not very happy, right? That's okay. You're not called to be happy. You're called to be faithful. Someone here right now, man, I'm not much of an, you know, these influencers these days, whatever that means on social media. I'm, I'm not a very big, that's okay. You're not called to be an influencer. You're called to be faithful with how you treat others, how you steward your resources, and you're called to be faithful in your obedience to God. Lord, I thank you for this word from you, your word this morning from Habakkuk. I just pray that you would help us not only, what's cool is, yes, we're called to be faithful to you, but boy, you are a thousand times more faithful to us, and we're gonna sing about that and just worship you and praise you this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. And all God's people said, amen. Stand and worship with us if you would.
Wow. Is that a great promise to walk into your week with? God that never fails. We don't do this often, but just have a quick seat, just a couple moments today. If you are a guest with us, we're so excited you've chosen to be with us today. I hope that you sense the presence of your Creator who loves you so much today. And if you are here new, I would encourage you to take the uh, welcome card and the seat back. If you would complete that and drop it off at the Welcome Center on your way out, we'd like to hand you a gift just to say thanks for being with us. It's school time. Are you excited? Our elementary students and high school students are pretty much back in school. College students, most of them, some are already here, some back in a week or two. We love the beginning of the school year. We love to be a partner in our community that supports our schools. We love students and teachers and staff and administration. And we just love to come alongside anything we can do just to say that we appreciate them and be there for them. Christy Taylor has the privilege of kind of being the leader of our support, our school's ministry at the church in ways that we can bless them. She's going to fill us in a little bit more. Good morning. I'm so excited to be with you guys this morning and to share with you about our Stuff the Backpack event and to just share with you a little bit about um, the ministry and the mission behind that uh, ministry. Um, if you've been here at New Life for very long, you will often hear us say from this stage that we love students. And when we say that, we don't just mean the students who walk through the doors of New Life Church every Sunday. We love the students in our community, we love the teachers in our community, and we wanna wrap our arms around them, and we wanna support them in tangible and meaningful ways. Um, one of the key ways we do that here as a church is through our Stuff the Backpack event every year. Uh, we reached out as a team to teachers right here in our local community over the summer, and we just asked them, what do you need from us? How can we help you? How can we walk alongside you in this calling that you have? to lead the students and young adults in your lives. Um, they've provided a list for us of high need items that are gonna help them bridge the gap for some of those students who might not have the resources that they need to be fully successful in their um, educational journey. So what we're gonna do this morning, if you wanna partner with us in this ministry, we have backpacks at the kiosk in the lobby and also back in Kid Life, depending on which way you exit this morning. You can grab a backpack, and inside of each of those backpacks is this list that the teachers provided for us. You can shop at the store, or if you're like me and you're an Amazon addict, we have a QR code to an Amazon wish list. And you can choose however many items off this list that you'd like. You simply paste them back in the backpack, and then you bring it back to us here at the church on or before September 10th. Um, and one last thing I want to mention, Troy's been speaking all morning this morning about faithfulness, and I just wanted to let you know, we started this ministry last year, this Stuff the Backpack ministry, and we had absolutely no idea what to expect or what to anticipate. And we were absolutely overwhelmed by your faithfulness and generosity in supporting this ministry. We received so many school supplies back in that we were able to go into the local schools multiple times throughout the year and not just Mount Vernon City Schools we were able to branch out into Danville, East Knox, Centerburg and Fredericktown as well. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving students in our community and thank you for supporting this ministry. And thank you Christy for leading the way. She does a great job with that. So thank you guys for how you're going to help in these weeks ahead. If you were here last week you heard Pastor Troy remind us that we want to be such a valuable partner 
and a beacon of hope in this community that if we were to disappear, there would be a huge void left. New Life is getting ready to embark on the next big chapter in our story. And we're going to start to be talking about what it looks like to live with daring faith. All I want to say today is please prioritize September the 10th. September the 10th, you will want to be here. Would you stand with me? May you sense God's smile as you walk faithful with him during this week ahead. Go in peace.